0: One week away from the start of the greatest sporting event known to mankind. Yes, I said it. Fact. Go suck one, Olympics. Go suck one, NCAA tournament. The World Cup is coming, and uh, we're continuing with our group-by-group previews. Jumping into Group G this week with Belgium, England, Panama, and Tunisia. I'm Alex, here again with uh, Javier. Javier, how you doing? Thanks for coming back. I'm good, man. Thanks. One more uh, week. I'm super excited. After these two episodes, I will return your uh, your family members to you, and you can finally be released of me. <laughs> <laughs> you, have, you have joined me on this uh, not-so-long ride of previewing each of the groups. Uh, I appreciate it very much while yeah, it's been really uh, Andrew's fun. been busy. But this group, Group G, bears a lot of similarities to uh, group, group. group B that we talked about a couple weeks ago, which uh, two very clear favorites with yeah. recognizable names all over the field, Uh, Group B being Spain and Portugal with Morocco and Iran. This group, similar in that Belgium and England, two teams that uh, we and many other soccer fans around the world will both be very familiar with many of the names in their lineups, all from mostly the Premier League. Panama and and Tunisia, not so much. Maybe Americans will be familiar with some of the Panamanian players uh, due to their experience in the MLS, but mostly not too many recognizable names. Let's start out. As we usually do, alphabetical order with Belgium. It's their twelfth appearance in this World Cup since the last World Cup that they were knocked out in the quarterfinals of. They have sacked former manager Mark Wilmots and have been going forward with uh, Roberto Martinez, uh, former Wigan and Everton manager, former FA Cup winner. Roberto Alex said Martinez. that with a lot of disappointment on his face. He's he's underwhelming to say the least. I'm not the biggest Roberto Martinez fan. Just to just to get that out there. Uh, notable players. Uh, y- if you watch the Premier League, which you probably do if you listen to this po- podcast regularly, you'll probably recognize most of the names like Eden Hazard, Kevin De Bruyne, Romelu Lukaku, Toby Alderweireld, Thibaut Courtois. Uh, it's it, it's more the questions that surround this Belgian team are not any sort of doubt of their talent. I think it's been a while now. It's, we're, we're all ready to accept this Belgian team should be setting its sights on winning the World Cup where we have questions that need to be answered is their system and uh and formation they've gone to this 343 slash 352 system under Roberto Martinez since he uh first took over a couple seasons ago uh it, it fixed a lot of their issues from the last World Cup where they were kind of stagnant offensively they didn't look very creative or very uh they didn't look like they had many ideas uh to be honest but under Martinez, and uh, obviously Thierry Henry is their 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 striker, striking coach or their attacking coach or something. They've been scoring bags of goals. Now the problems have started to arise at the opposite end of the field, where they're they're a bit less uh, stout defensively, despite those. Names like Alderweireld and Vertonghen and Courtois and Goal. I just worry that this Belgium generation, this amazing generation of players, is just going to end up like the mid-aughts England generation. You know, Lampard, Rooney, Gerrard, all those players, where they just never really put it together. They're a great team to watch against lesser opposition, but when it comes to sort of imposing their will upon better or as talented of teams... Uh, They just always seem to fall apart in the moments that mattered. And this Belgium team, we've only really had two tournaments to evaluate them so far. The last World Cup and then Euros in 2016 where they lost to Wales, I think it was. Yeah, they lost to Wales 3-1. And I, I haven't been too impressed so far. And it's not a good omen either that Vincent Company, their former captain, is now out for the World Cup from an injury he sustained during a friendly and Roberto Martinez didn't take Raja Nangolin from Roma along in the team, and he's a player that I think it's fair to say they they don't really have anyone else like him in the team. <laughs> you know, maybe a Dembele could sort of step in for that, that that kind of role. But but what are what are your thoughts about this Belgium team? Positive, negative? You not feeling it? Yeah, I mean Belgium Belgium has they're a pretty historic team. They've been around.
1: Uh this is like like you said, their twelfth World Cup appearance and if you didn't know, uh they actually technically have one world title. Like they didn't win the World Cup, but they won um the Olympics uh, Some
0: Uruguay bullshit. Yeah, it, up is. Here. it
1: was like it was like in like nineteen thirty, uh or like nineteen twenty eight. But they but it tells you that the team for a long time, almost a hundred years, has had a tradition of football. So, you know, like this team won't have trouble um, I think if if you know specifically this generation, I think they're going to keep producing talent. They're going to keep going to World Cups, and you know in the future we'll we'll keep um, you know saying okay this is the team that could have been until they actually win a tournament, right? So, uh, but and and I don't think that this is going to be the team to do it. I think that they with with the players they have, people call them like a dark horse. But I mean with with on paper this team
0: is you know. Could be one of the favorites.
1: Yeah, it could be one of the favorites is up there with with anybody else. I mean, they have you know depth all over the pitch, and they have some of the best players um, in the Premier League on their team. But this is a team of mostly Premier League players, like you said. You know, it's Hazard, De Bruyne, Lukaku, Coutinho, Alderweire, Vertonghen company. You know, all of those players are playing Com- the Premier company's League. Companies out. Yeah. Um, so. I think it's kind of interesting that they're in a group with England and that they're going to be
0: playing like... It's perfectly poised. Yeah. It's, 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 it's the <laughs> last game of the group also. They'll both have already played their two, quote-unquote, easier games. Yeah. Uh, and so theoretically, they both should There's meet in their last the game the group. to see who gets the top spot. Right. Um, an but interesting area for them, now that Nangolin is confirmed not coming to the World Cup, is midfield because in the 3-4-3 they play... They usually play Axel Witzel and uh, Kevin De Bruyne in that two-man midfield. Now, that's not the worst place for Kevin De Bruyne, but I can think of like a few ways that he could probably be used more effectively. Yeah,
1: I think we'll see Musa
0: Dembele play a like, good well, amount. That's the thing. I, well, and Martinez said... He doesn't play Musa Dembele that much. He's... Uh, Roberto Martinez is a big fan of Axel Witzel, despite him playing in the Chinese league for two or three years now. And he continues to use Kevin De Bruyne in sort of, I don't want to say like a workhorse role, but that just comes automatically with the territory of playing in a two-man midfield. You have to run a lot and you have to make up for the huge amounts of space that are there by you having so many players out in wider and more forward positions.
1: But Martinez said that Te- the reason he didn't take Nanagalan to this World Cup was because he couldn't offer Nanagalan the role that he wanted, which is that role that he's given De Bruyne right now on the team, which is basically everything goes through Kevin. It's know. the role
0: of playing in the front three, and right now their front three is Hazard, Lukaku, and Andreas Mertens. And I don't blame him. That That's a good front three to have. But Nanagalan's been playing in that front three for Roma in a 3-4-3. And if he went with Belgium he would need him in an actual midfield role where he wouldn't be basically playing as, like, a forward.
1: Right. So, I mean, as much as, like, in FIFA, he's really good to play there, I I kind of understand where Martinez is coming from. I don't think it's the right decision, but um, I don't think that it's going to affect their chances that much. And I don't think a player being in the Chinese league, you know, like Carrasco and Witzel are, um, I don't think it affects that much in international play. Um, I I don't think that that like you saw like a player like Paulinho he was in I'm, in China you yeah. know and then was able to go to a team I, like I Barcelona meant that
0: more and, and flourish so more in relation to if they're good like they, they can still be good on
1: in an international team you know I don't think that that matters too much and I don't think I don't think Vitzel's
0: a bad player I don't fault him for go, for going to China and getting paid you know, and everything much bigger like that. teams wanted him he could have gone to like a big team sure. But he's a player that he's just disappointed too many times in a Belgian shirt for me. And You'd you rather can Fellaini You can have start? a better player in Musa Dembele. That okay. I think that ideal midfield, if you if you absolutely gun to your head have to play a three four three, it's De Bruyne and Musa Because, or it's playing a three five two keeping Mertens out of the team. And playing Dembele, Vitzel. I also kind of understand
1: why you don't play Dembele and Hazard together because, like, like Dembele's kind of like the heart of Tottenham when he plays. Like everything goes through him. And I think when De Bruyne's is on the field, he's no. kind of that magnet. Like he, no. everything like you want to play through him.
0: He's the he's like the link from the defense to the. But Witzel. he's the heart but of the like, team. I mean, Ericsson, like, Ericsson's that for Tottenham.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, but I'm saying like you know, uh, right? He's the link, but like everything goes through him. He he gives the ball to Ericsson. As like, But now De Bruyne is kind of that person in the Belgium team, right? He gives the ball to Hazard, Mertens, and Lukaku, who carry the ball further up the field. He plays more of a—he kind of plays that role, too, on City. Like, there were so many times this season where, like, David Silva, Bernardo Silva, like, you know, Sterling and Sonny were just running beyond De Bruyne and getting the ball from him. You know, so many times Silva was in front of him um or you know even fernandinho was you know getting assists from from de bruyne so it's interesting i i i don't know what's the better position for de bruyne like a bit further up the pitch in like a 10 type role um or further back on the pitch where he's he, he seems to be able to do the defensive work and you know haul up and down the pitch but in in a world cup setting where you're playing every 3 days i think that's a lot harder to do when you're like when you have a week's rest and he played a lot this season so I would watch for like De Bruyne and like if he gets played in a two man midfield, how much you know work he's doing and, you know if he's playing every three days, maybe maybe they'll rest him in one of those you know one of the Tunisia Panama games right yeah. and then and then play him and you know and let him flourish because I I mean I think when he plays in that role and he's got someone who can do more defensive work than. You know, then offensive work and let him pull the strings offensively. Then I mean, it's 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 amazing to have a player of that of that passing range and and shooting ability in that position. No other team really. Um, maybe I mean, you could you could argue maybe you know France with Pogba or but there aren't many midfields in the world. You know maybe or like Isco with Spain, but there there aren't many midfields that have that you know scoring and passing prowess from deep
0: from a deep role we'll talk more about belgium's overall chances at this world cup uh near the end of the podcast we give our predictions we're going to move on now to england it's their 14th world cup appearance their manager is gareth southgate a couple players you uh, may or may not have heard of are uh harry kane from tottenham Their uh, newly appointed captain uh also i love that just right off the bat and I mean, this is when, the only squad I,
1: that has a hundred percent of their players from their country playing from this in the league. So this the is, country.
0: they can't blame anything.
1: Uh, these hilarious. players all
0: play at home. I was just gonna say, I find it hilarious in like a, in a sarcastic way. Obviously, the Harry Kane, in like his first interview after being made captain, basically said like, "Oh yeah, our goal is to win it. Our goal is to win the World Cup. We're gonna we we think we can win." What it. else
1: is he gonna say, man? Like, not that. say that.
0: <laughs> no, not that. <laughs> it's just. All right. Well, okay. We'll come back to that in a sec. Like uh, on paper, uh, other on players, players, these look, players could be like,
1: you know, they they. It's they, funny. There's an old saying about say, that.
0: That the game's not pay, played on paper; it's played on grass. Yeah. They like, have a uh, Raheem Sterling from Manchester City, uh, Delhi Ali from Tottenham, Carl Walker from Manchester City, Eric Dyer, Gary Cahill, Jamie Vardy, Marcus Rashford. There's plenty of recognizable names in the team sheet. But there's still so many questions all over the field. Uh maybe less so in terms of the system they'll play as they seem to have settled into this three at the back, uh switching between a three four three and a three five. Too. It really depends on what sort of like wingers they put next to Harry Kane and what decisions they make in midfield. But we know that it will be a three at the back. There will be wing backs deployed. England have brought along something like four or five players technically capable of playing in wing back roles or out in wide areas as uh fullbacks. So they'll have plenty of choices to make and that, that feeds into the belief that they will stay with the three at the back formation. Beyond that, it's really only Harry Kane is settled in up front and then maybe Eric Dyer in midfield is no, sort it seems of like
1: delhi Alley is a shoe in yeah but you don't he really know like game. where
0: he's gonna play Sterling's
1: you know? gonna play every game
0: Sterling longer. Sterling's the one I forgot Sterling is the one that he absolutely after the season he's had at Man right. City he's a shoe in he's absolutely gonna play but but what's like the right combination of I'll admit a pretty good list of names attacking names uh I I I just don't see... There's Obviously, there's going to be a couple of players that are left out that don't really see the field too much. But I don't really see how, like, Marcus Rashford, Jesse Lingard, uh, I think definitely Loftus-Cheek... I both of
1: those, all those should be on the bench.
0: Those I players, think, they... I think they, Vardy
1: they, and Kane... Vardy, Kane, and Sterling, I think, should be the front three. Should be starting. Should be starting.
0: Well, okay, interesting you say that, because I think a lot of people would agree with you, because especially in the role that Harry Kane is utilized in for the national team, he plays... I don't want to say false nine, but he drops in a decent amount. And and he plays in balls for the likes of Sterling and Lingard more recently and Rashford in the last game. He plays them in. He has techers. He can can put in (laughs) a beautiful ball. Proper technique-like. Yeah, he's a decent player. It will be his first World Cup, so I'm sure a lot of people are going to be interested to see how he fares. Hopefully, for England fans, it doesn't take another 12 years like it took Wayne Rooney or like 10 years, whatever it was uh to score his first world cup goal but this is a
1: young team and and i think that you know having those options like a marcus rashford and jesse lingard off the bench um is going to be really good and i think in games where you need maybe a little bit you're gonna you're gonna play a little bit more defensively um you know maybe maybe rashford starts and you know you have him bombing up and down the wing um you know, Mourinho seems to have them like Lingard too. You know, if you need more defensive-minded players, I think you can. I think you can play more of. You can play. You can start Lingard and Rashford, but if you want to be more attacking, and especially against you know the likes of Panama and Tunisia, they're probably going to start Kane, Sterling, and Vardy. Um, I, I also think of you know their goalie goalies because they have um, they have three seemingly very even t- even talented or goalies. You know. The, Neither of them are none of them are on the big team. They're all on, you know, upper mid-table teams. You know, anywhere from tenth to seventh place teams.
0: Uh, you Jack know. Jack Butland wishes. Right.
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> he he will be. He will be. I think he'll be making a move. Sure. People uh,
0: don't really know who the starting keeper is going to be. We're recording right now on a Wednesday. I uh, think England are slated to play their last friendly tomorrow on Thursday. Uh, against Costa Rica, and Butland is supposed to start that one, but that that's more of a tryout. Uh, Jordan Pickford started the last game, conceded once, but overall played play pretty well. Uh, so it it's seems anyone, to be between Pickford guess. and
1: Butland. I think Pope is, like, the he's, second. Yeah. He doesn't seem to...
0: Nick Pope is, like, the... He's just, like, he's the, the typical third. or The right. backup's backup. They, don't, right. they, they know he's not going to start, but they're bringing him along anyway, just in case. That's an interesting question mark for England. Uh, the other... Big question I have for them is for these two games to start the group. I can't remember the order of which, but obviously they'll play Tunisia and Panama before playing Belgium in the third and final game. England in big time tournaments like this have struggled as recently as I'll go. I'll go back to 2010. Their group was the USA, Slovenia, and Algeria, and they drew nil nil with Algeria in the second game, and it was voted by the English public the most boring world cup game that england have ever taken part in my point being against lesser opposition a lot of times england tend to be sort of overpowered by the spotlight of being asked to be the aggressors in a game like that and i don't see really any signs pointing towards england really changing that they don't really have like a creative midfield hub they have two Decent enough central midfielders and Jordan Henderson and Eric Dyer, but not really players that are gonna be like dictating the tempo of the game. Henderson's done it in spots for Liverpool, but that's in a very much more settled uh system that they have. It's gonna be it's gonna be pretty different for whatever lineup uh England throw out there. And the youth in those games kind of makes me nervous. Yeah. Not nervous because I want to see England crash and burn and fail for everyone to laugh at. That's my dream. I, I love that. But I'm going to put on my England cap. I have plenty of friends that support England, and I, I, I know how they think. They The, the England fan menta- mentality is they can't wait for the World Cup until it starts. As soon as it starts and they're lining up with Tunisia or Panama, whoever it is they're playing against, they're just going to be sitting there biting their nails thinking oh my god please don't fuck this up again <laughs> like that's just the england fan mentality over the last 20 years and i don't i don't blame them for it iceland 2 years ago in the in the group stage that's another example of a defensive low block team that has just been able to shut out england i think they had a penalty earlier in that game but then went down 2-1 and you can see just like, especially under southgate there's no thought process towards what kind of patterns of play they're gonna they're gonna accentuate to try and unlock a, a very tightly packed. Defense. It's a little
1: worrying that like they still don't know their their starting lineup right. like absolutely. like we're a week away from the tournament and they still aren't a hundred percent sure who's gonna be starting what you can tell me like ten
0: is. different combinations of right. players and formations, and I would be like yeah, okay, that sounds their back reasonable. line. like their goalie.
1: their, they're you know, like you said their midfield. Everything has question marks. and I think that's. That's never good going into a big tournament like this.
0: I'm going to take a stab at it. Okay, hear me out. Let's see if I get this right. I'm going to say Pickford starts in goal. I'm going to say Kyle Walker is pretty set in the right center back role. Then John Stones, Gary Cahill. Oh yeah, not great. That. Right, right wing back seems to be Kieran Trippier, even though I personally think it should be Alexander Arnold. Uh, they play Trippier because because of his links with the rest right, of the Tottenham of players. His Tottenham connection. The two midfielders will be Dyer and Henderson. The left wing back, I think, will be Danny Rose. The front three, Ali Ericsson. Jesus, Ali Erickson, Kane, I was about to say. <laughs> Ali, Kane, Raheem Sterling in a front three, with Ali dripping dropping into midfield a little bit more often to make it into a 3 5 2. That's what I think it will be. But there are a few changes I'd make to that if I was like doing the England lineup.
1: Yeah, I mean, if they start that lineup, uh, that midfield and, and back line, it's still pretty bad. Like, having Dyer and Henderson in your midfield, I mean, there's very little creativity there. And they're gonna struggle to, to, to get balls up to Kane and, and Sterling and should have brought of Jack creat- Wilshire. Should have brought Jack. And and, and they're gonna Should have brought Mason Mount. <laughs> and 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 Deli Alley's gonna have to have some an, a tremendous tournament if they're gonna do anything because a lot of the creativity and a lot of the you know, link up play between the strikers and the, the defenders is gonna be through him, so. Um, you know, watch for him to see how he does, you know, if he has uh if he gets sent off or you know if he has a, an incident here or there then it could be a horrible tournament for uh, for England and yeah i i don't i don't see this team going that far but i think that they got lucky with this group stage and you know they'll probably look pretty good in the groups even even if they do lose to belgium if if they keep it close you know pe- people won't be uh, jumping on their backs that quick
0: moving on to world cup debutants panama their manager is Hernan Dario gomez They're notable players uh, no household names, but uh, a few players from the MLS and surrounding leagues in Central and South America that some players uh seem to stick out. Uh, Jaime Pinedo of Dynamo Bucharest is their goalkeeper. Their captain is Felipe Baloy, uh, center back from Municipal in Guatemala, a recognizable player. That I enjoyed the hell out of watching during uh the the few CONCACAF qualification games I watched of theirs, which were usually against like Mexico and the US, was uh Roman Torres, their center back. I you recognize him when you see him. Big burly center back with like a giant afro. And I think he scored in the two one win they had at home against Costa Rica. So is there a Fellini? He's yes, but a center back. <laughs> like playing in his proper position. Well, he's, that's where Fellaini should be. Right, that's but what I'm saying, as a centre-back. For some reason, the guys <laughs> put midfield... He's, he thinks he's like... A striker, right. or a midfielder, like... Ugh. He thinks he's Romelu Lukaku. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, Roman Torres, he's, he's a fun player. He's a centre-back that likes to get forward a lot, especially on set pieces. He scores uh, towering headers against... The, uh, off of set pieces. Their front line has the recognizable pair of Luis Tejada and Blas Perez. Tejada plays for Sport Boys in Peru. Uh, he has... Hundred caps and forty something goals. Uh that's one of their center yeah. forwards, a goal every other game record. That's not a bad thing
1: international. Yeah. It's
0: gonna be it's gonna be his last chance uh to really make a name for himself on a world stage. He's thirty six years old and obviously it's their first ever World Cup, so it's This is the biggest stage he's ever played on. Arguably bigger than bigger a bigger tournament for him than it is for Paulo Guerrero. All right, calm down. <laughs> No, okay. Uh, Luis Tejada, yeah, keep an eye out for him. Uh, Blas Perez, uh, another player who plays for Municipal in Guatemala. He's just a, a dirty, dirty player. Let's just, I'll just put it, I'll put it that way. He he gets up to a lot of uh, Diego Costa-esque antics as a forward player. Scores a good amount of goals. I think he had seven goals in qualifying uh, in, in in the Hex. Uh, during CONCACAF qualifying, so uh, he'll he'll be someone that pops up on your screen during games. Panama, obviously no one really thinks they're, they've got any chance really of getting out of this group. As we mentioned, England and Belgium should have it wrapped up. But I think Panama have, have what it takes to really make a fist of things against certain teams. And I was talking about this off-mic with you before we started the pod. I think like against England they could absolutely just harry and harass and and press and fight and with every tooth and nail and claw and just get like a draw out of it. I don't know if it would be nil-nil or if it would be one-one. I don't even think Panama will play that well. Obviously, they very small nation it's their first world cup and they don't have too many amazing players but they're not the type of team to just lie down and take like a four nil thumping from the likes of england and we'll get back to england at the end of the pod but they're not really a team that knows how to break really knows how to break down and fight against a team like panama in the first place so i think i think there's potential there for panama to get like a shock draw against either belgium or england more likely england uh, but obviously, there's no real chance of them getting out of the group. What are, what are your what are your Panama thoughts? Do you have any Panama thoughts, or should we move on?
1: Well, I mean, just that you know they they qualify in that last spot in CONCACAF, which honestly they shouldn't have that spot. So no, the, just, sec, sh- the
0: second to last. Honduras had the, the last one, but they lost the Right, playoff. I'm saying the, their
1: last automatic qualification right. spot. Like, that should be taken away from them. They shouldn't have that because. Oh, like,
0: wow. you just go?
1: The team's going to the World it, Cup. Burning it down. Yeah, that should be given to South America. Burn down CONCACAF. Like, wouldn't it have been better if Chile or if, uh, Paraguay were in this World Cup and not Panama? Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people. It would have been Chile. I'm sure well, this this World Cup would have been World a lot Cup's more. The World Cup's expanding. This here. group would have been a lot more interesting. But you know, exactly, it is expanding. and that, expanding. That's all going to change. Um, Ireland after, might get a chance after 2022. Um, you know, the World Cup format's going to change, and I think we won't see. it. I mean, it's going to be a lot hard for a team like Panama to qualify. Yeah.
0: Um, no, it's not. It's going to be easier. There's going to be more places, double the places. It's like 60... for everybody, 64 or something. So automatically, there's going to be teams. 64 teams. I don't it's going to so. be like double. Yeah, it's going to be huge. That was a f-
1: really well. We don't know about that. We'll uh, we'll guess that. Al- yeah, Alex pod. will Alex will put put, uh, put the sources for that on Twitter. But uh...
0: <laughs> we're gonna move on to Tunisia. They're making their fifth World Cup appearance. Uh, their manager is Nabil Malul. They're notable players. This was a tough list to come up with. There were a couple names that jumped out to me uh, automatically, like Wabi Khazri, For those of you f- remember, uh, it's interesting. This is their fifth appearance. That means you know they've they've been here a few times. They've
1: they've got some tradition.
0: It's I didn't. It's, it's been a while. I'll have I, to look I, up when the last time they yeah. got to the the World Cup was. But I, there haven't been too many. There uh, haven't been too many notable moments from Tunisian players at club level, even uh for me to really think of the last like 20 years or so. Uh but Wabi Khazri is a winger who will be playing in a pinch up top for them uh as they're going to be missing their top goal scorer Hamdi ha- ha- Harboi? Hab I'm to try that one. No, I'm going to try it. Okay. Harboi? Yeah, Harbois. Yeah. Oh. It's like oh, it's man. like a little bit French. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's Harbois. He's their yeah. Talisman striker, but he'll be missing due to injury. Plays for Zolti Aragon in uh, Belgium. Scored 22 goals in this last club season. Oh, no. And in case you weren't aware, Tunisia aren't really chock full of uh, goal-scoring center forwards. What? So, as I mentioned, Wabi Khazri will be uh, playing outside of his normal role as a left or right winger. That he usually plays for Khren Khren N- not on Sunderland anymore? No, he's not on Sunderland anymore. In, he's uh, League One now? He's moving up. Another name you may recognize from the Premier League. Uh, I don't know why, though, because uh, he barely ever plays for them. But it, that's uh, Johan Benalouane from Leicester City. The only reason I know him is because he's four million on yeah. uh, fantasy. And yeah. like I was looking for... There was, like There was a run of games. I, there was a run of the games where during he was the, starting. End, the yeah. end of last season. Not this season that just happened, but the previous season where... Uh Leicester season was over. And I think all of their center backs were injured, and they were like, they had to play Benelouane. And, Luane. and he, he got like five right. or six games in a row near the end of the season that he was playing. And like, I remember picking him up and just being like, all right, screw And he had like a goal in one game, he had like right. a couple clean sheets. <laughs> I was like, this is great value, four million for this guy. But yeah, he's actually a pivotal role of their back, a pivotal player in their back four. I'm sure, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he's very match fit and ready to go for a big tournament against uh, some. <sighs> this is. To
1: me, to me, the most disappointing group, just because... I mean, like you said, there's there's a possibility that one of these two teams could, like, nick a draw.
0: You care every, about one
1: everyone's going to be like, wow, you know? And they're really going to be looking to, to beat each other. Like, when they play each other, I'm sure that that's going to be, like, their big game. The game that they think, okay, this will be a great World Cup. We can get third place in the group and, like, maybe get a draw somewhere and, like, look okay, right? But, you know, there there's... I think there's no chance that Tunisia or
0: uh, Panama get anything out of those other two teams, and I think this gr- this group's gonna be pretty cut and dry and boring. The uh, only chance that Tunisia, I'll, I'm just gonna factor out Panama. They're not coming out of this group, and we'll move on to the predictions from here. The only chance that Tunisia have of getting out of the group is obviously if England are just terrible, which can happen. I just don't see it happening. i will just, I'm just, yeah. I'm just warning you. Just England. Just they can, yes, they can always go lower yes, we know can always okay? go lower. they are garbage, we know. but Tunisia, they obviously have to beat Panama in the final game of the group, while England are playing Belgium, but they need to get like a draw out of either the England or the Belgium game.
1: Is every star in the Premier League other than, like, Mohamed Salah playing this group? Like, basically? Mostly, <laughs> like, yes. Like, almost all of them play. or Basically, group.
0: that Belgium-England game is, like, the biggest advertisement for the Premier League. Right. Like, hey, come watch our come league. Come watch all you of the see all these players. we have. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Tunisia... Two more players I'll mention from Tunisia are Ali Malul from uh, Al-Ali in Egypt. Not the Saudi Arabian Al-Ali. Different Al-Ali. He's their left back. Uh, he supposedly... Just according to the rumor mill, while I was uh, looking uh, looking up some of uh, some of the players from Tunisia, had plenty of offers from like bottom half Premier League teams over mm-hmm. the last two years okay. to come play as a very industrious left back, and then uh, Elias Skiri from uh, Montpellier, he's a defensive midfielder who supposedly. Is the anchor of this Tunisia team. I'm not going to say they're going to either of those players is going to end up in the tor- like all tournament team at the end of it, but you know they're players that as you're watching this group and you're watching them play against top level opposition in Belgium and England, they will probably be able to hold their own and help Tunisia stay afloat. Let's get down to the predictions. What are you picking one to four? I think England are going to win the group. Oh my god, I love it. I oh England my won- gosh, this is amazing. You have England winning the World Cup, right? No, I'm yeah? still winning the World Cup. Oh, you have I've England, England in the semifinals of the World Cup? No, Is that what we have? No, they're gonna, no, come on, knock keep going to knock like the round of eight. Or like... oh, I can't wait to sh- throw this back in your face when it explodes. Uh, who's third? Tunisia? Uh, Tunisia, and then Panama last. Sorry, the last fan. Oh, I know why I keep you around. Okay. Um, Belgium are winning this group. Oh. Yeah. So they're beating, so they're beating England in that game. No, I think, I
1: think they. You think
0: England's gonna like draw think, with Tunisia? Yeah, Panama. I think Belgium just need a draw to go through when they get to that England game, or they just That's need a draw. They need a draw to get to the next, or sorry, wrap up top spot. So I think it's gonna be Belgium, England, Tunisia, uh, Panama. I think like right. Tun- Tunisia and Panama probably play to a draw, so it's uh, boring group then, let's, guys. Let's let's talk about draws and draws a lo- little bit more. Humor me with Belgium. Can they win this World Cup? No. Wow. Really? Yeah, no. Not at all? No. They have Roberto Martinez
1: as their coach. Enough said. They're not winning the World Cup. They're not going to be able to beat a team like Brazil or Spain or... Yeah. You're yeah. right.
0: There's too many holes in the back. I, I don't like France. the transitions between defense and attack for them. There's too much space in midfield when when those transitions are happening. Right. Better teams will be able to absolutely. Flee She's not a balance in that team. What's a good World Cup for England? Just getting out of the group. Do they need to like win? No, I would say
1: winning the group. If they win the group, then already I think it's going to be a surprise, and that's going to be a pretty good World Cup for them. But I'm sure they're going to. If they win the group, they're going to be expected to win the game after that, and then I think that's a good World Cup. If they get into the, if they get in the round of eight, if they get into the quarterfinals, the quarterfinals that would be a good World Cup for England. I think they'd be pretty happy with that. Belgium, I feel like you expect a little bit more from them. A semifinal? A semifinal, I feel like, would be a good World Cup for them. But they're, you know, like people, some people have called them dark horses, but I think, you know, they're one of the favorites. Um, one of the, you know, first five or six fav- favorites um,
0: for the odds. To win it, so... They're right around that pack just outside of the real favorites. Right, out of the top four. For me, I think it's like them, like Argentina, yeah, exactly. Portugal. Like right. those kinds of teams. Yeah. Really good, but not quite as complete as the real top, top quality team. Okay, that wraps it up for Group G. Javier, again, had England topping the group. Love to see it. Uh, they had Belgium, Tunisia, Panama. I had Belgium, England, Tunisia, Panama. Stay tuned. We're going to be coming back in a few days with Group H. Bye!